you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 84. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. I've been thinking about a lot about parents of teenagers lately, uh, because in the August group that came into my private mastermind, we were testing out some different things, and we had... I would say 80% of the group was parents of kids two through 12, and then 20% were parents of teenagers. And it was very interesting to kind of assess the differences. Um, I had to put every, we use this, um, we use this tool in our mastermind called Voxer, which is this very interesting kind of like audio texting app so that I can do lots of um, real-time coaching and people can leave me their scenarios and I leave it back in the whole group. So it's kind of like uh, we, we're doing coaching all the time. Um, and because it's a big deal, you know, it's, I feel like if I do a coaching call every week, which is what I do in the, in the mastermind, and it just seems like, especially at the beginning, people need more. People coming to me are, you know, I wish that it was a a proactive thing that people are like, I just want to be a better parent. So I think I'll go and take a parenting class. No, usually you have to have a strong-willed kid. And so when people come to me, usually they're like, okay, I've seen lots of other resources and we're at our wits end. So finally I'm okay, fine. I'll take a parenting class. And, um, and so people come to me and they are in the fire. And so I'm always playing around with how can I help people to get to a better place as quickly as possible so that then we can just keep building and building and building on it? So we use this thing called Voxer and, um, and I had to put the parents of the teenagers on a separate thread because it, it's just a bigger deal. You know, it's a much different situation when you have a two to six year old who's digging their heels in on something it's a different situation to help them turn their behavior around than it is for a you know, 13 through 18-year-old who's had years and years and years of a certain pattern and dynamic in the household. And, and it, it takes a little longer to make those changes. And you've got an, an older child at that point who a lot of times they are They've gotten physically aggressive and their size is maybe the same as you, if not bigger. Um, so sometimes it can feel scary. 
and they're, they usually have their own technology by that time. And there's usually a lot of kind of technology addiction going on. So it's a, it's a different, it's a different situation. And, um, and so I just was kind of really noticing what was going on in the group. And the thing that came up time and time again with the parents of teenagers was the kids were so defiant, so like by the time they're teenagers and you try to change the rules of now we're going to have technology restrictions, they're like, no, you're not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Which when a little one digs their heels in, we we're able to kind of shift and turn it around and, and assert our pack leadership differently than when you've got a teenager digging their heels in and they're like, absolutely not. You're not doing that. And so it's a different conversation and it's a different thing to assess. Um, and what I found over and over is that many of these teenagers, they really are so hooked on this technology and it's a constant source of contention, um, which it's a, it's a constant, I don't want to say source of contention, but it is a little bit of a source of contention in my own household um, with my teenagers, well, especially my 13-year-old, because um, he loves it. You know, they love, I mean, look, there. It's a, it's a whole different world that we don't even fully understand, and they, they engage, their social lives are online. So it, there is, there are pieces to figure out for us, and it's kind of a... Uh, a new, it's a new day for all of us. We're all trying to figure this out. And it seemed like the teenagers, um, they rely on the technology for so much. And the parents are, we're all just trying to figure out, like, we don't want to take the technology away because we don't want to isolate them socially because we know how painful that is. And there, it easily crosses over into that um, addictive tendency and it's too much tech and that's not healthy for their brain. So finding that balance seems to be a constant um, dance that parents of teenagers are going through. And so when you're starting to make shifts and somebody comes in and they start learning mastermind parenting, well, the conversation starts changing and, um, and there's new parameters in the household and there's new rules and there's a new way we're communicating those rules. And it's just, it's, it, the brain seeks the familiar right? So the kids from the get-go are like, what, who are you? What happened? And where's my parents? And I'm, and they're also used to a dynamic of, um, of fighting, of tension. And I, and something I think that's interesting in kind of understanding where, why I think is important because when little kids, when they are three years old, little kids quickly learn that, you know, they can get negative attention much more easily than positive attention. Like there's been studies about how many times a kid hears the word no in a day and it's like, it's depressing. How many, how many more times a kid hears the word no than yes. So, so little kids don't care if it's positive or negative attention, all attention matters to them because really the human condition is, do you see me? Do I matter? And at three, they've just started to learn developmentally that they are a different entity than mom. Like I'm my own person. So that's why we have that whole three-nager, three-nagers and teenagers. Like they're trying to figure out where you stop and where they start and how much power and control they have in the world. And they're just trying to figure out relevance. 
And so to help a three-year-old channel that in a more positive direction and understand it, it's pretty easy to do. Like I, that's where I get to teach the, the, the easy parenting monkey tricks that I can do with my eyes closed. And, um, and three-year-olds are super malleable. When you've got a 13-year-old who learned early on, all attention is attention since for the last 10 years. And I learned at the age of three that I'm going to get negative attention much more quickly and easily and feel relevant in the world, um, you know, much more. It's going to be a quick hit um, way more when I, when I act out because when I act out, I get mom and dad's full undivided attention. Oh, so it becomes a pattern where they're, they're not doing it purposely or intentionally. It's just what they're used to doing. And it's the way they get their love cup filled, which sounds weird, but they feel relevant. They feel seen. They feel like they matter. And so, they, so this pattern of negativity begins then. And by the time they're 13, man, that's a... That's a really solidified pattern. So, so to disrupt that pattern, it's going to take a little more finessing. And, and when you start to disrupt that pattern by using different language, not losing your cool over every little tiny thing, um, having conversations at non-relevant times where you establish what the new rules are going to be and the why behind it, which I teach people to do. Because if you come in just saying, this is the way we're doing it now and this, then you just seem like a control freak and a drill sergeant and nobody's going to, it's not, that's not how you feel, build your family team, right? So there's a way to do it. And, um, and so even when you do it, the mastermind parenting way, still it's unfamiliar to this child that for the last decade has been used to getting tons of attention through negative behavior. So they'll kind of look at you like you're crazy and they'll dig your heels in and you're like, so we're going to do things a little differently and, and too much technology for your brain and blah, 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 blah. And so here's going to be the new tech parameters and we're going to go over this. They're like, no, you're not. No, because it feels scary to them. It feels unfamiliar and they're going to resist. And of course they're going to want like, they're hooked on their technology. So they're going to pull out all the stops to make it stay the same as it has been because they just want more of that. So what I want to say is if you are the parent of a child who is not yet a teenager but going to be a teenager, I implore you to start using the mastermind parenting tools immediately as much as possible, coming from a place of yes, doing proactive, uh, positive attention type bonding moments with your child, showing them that they don't need to act out to get your attention. And when they act out, knowing how to talk to them and help get to the root of what the behavior really means rather than just attacking the behavior. When your child hits, like they didn't just hit for no reason. Like, why did they hit? What was the reason? How do we get to the root of what brought on the hitting behavior rather than just focusing on the hit? Don't hit your sister. Don't hit your sister. Like, why did he hit his sister? What is he really frustrated about? How do we get to talking to him about how he was frustrated and he didn't know the words to say in that moment? He couldn't think clearly and he needed to know, he needed his sister to know how, you know, he, he was 
fed up and he forgot the word, so he smacked her. He didn't know a better way in that moment. Like, we have to learn how to help them improve future behavior for real. And when we just focus on whatever the behavior was rather than getting to the root of what is underneath the behavior, we miss the boat. And by the time they get to be teenagers, well, now you've just got a kid who acts out all their big feelings in aggressive ways, either aggressive language, aggressive actions, and you've got just a whole bunch of negativity. And, and what that really means is, is it's everybody's living in a state of survival, high levels of stress hormones racing through all of your bodies. Let me tell you something, you guys, it's terrible for your health, all of you, all of you, it's terrible for your health. So if you still have kids that aren't yet teenagers, I encourage you to start now. And if you have kids that are teenagers, what I want to say is this, be realistic. Chances are you're you, you're going to be wanting to seek some form of support and sending your child to a therapist, although therapists can be very helpful and give that child um, a safe space to express themselves and not hold everything inside and a resource for them. Um, if you send your child to a therapist and the household's still a war zone, that's not going to support your child long-term or your relationship long-term in getting to a healthier place. So that's not the only answer. You got to change how you're doing things at home too, because the goal is, is really in the follow through. The goal is, is that you've got to figure out what are the rules in our house. And now I have to communicate those rules in a civilized way. I'm going to have to repeat those rules often, and I'm going to have to follow through consistently when the rules aren't being followed to help my child remember that there's a, there's a rhyme and a reason to the way we do things here, and we don't have to fight about everything. I'm just, we've established the rules. We're going to repeat them often. We're going to follow through consistently, which ultimately helps kids feel safer and more grounded in the world because they know what to expect. And they will fight you tooth and nail when you've had a decade of this negative dance between the two of you. They will fight you tooth and nail on it. So you need the right support to be able to do it. But Following through is really the answer, and following through is the hardest part. That's what I've seen with all my parents is that it's the follow-through. It's the, you know, you've established the rules of when they don't plug their phone in by 8.30, then tomorrow night the phone is going to be plugged in at 8 o'clock, and you've established this ahead of time, and you see the phone, you know, it's 845 and the phone's not plugged in and you go into their room and you say, why is your phone not plugged in out in the hall? Because I hope everyone is making sure that the technology does not sleep in the bedroom. There's, there's lots and lots and lots of reasons as to why it's, you have to make sure the technology is not sleeping in the bedroom and, and the child fights you on it and you say, so you're already turning it in at 8 o'clock tomorrow because remember the deal? This will help your brain to remember. And for every, you know, for every 15 minutes, you're going to go earlier by 30 minutes. So it's your choice. It's now 8.45. So it's going to be plugged in tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Pretty soon it's going to be plugged in at 
7.30. It's your choice. And you walk away and you follow through. And your kid's hurling insults and doing all the things because they're used to a 10 years of a negativity dance between the two of you. And you just follow through. And then the next night, the next day comes and you have to, you know, so you've established the rules, which you, you're now following through on. You're going to have to repeat it often. So in the morning, you're like, hey, remember in tonight that your phone gets plugged in at eight. You went ahead and you got it plugged in before it got rolled back, but it's going to be eight. And they're like, mom, uh, you're like, it's the rules. So help your brain to remember. And um, hey, remember tonight your, your stuff's getting plugged in and you're repeating it. And they're like, well, I hear you. Fine. You don't take it personally. And you're just like, yeah. And then that night you go into the room and you're like, oh, it's eight. The phone's not plugged in. And they were like, Ma, I just need to finish one more thing. I need this for my homework. Blah, blah, blah. I'm here. So tomorrow night's going to be 7.30 if it's not plugged in ASAP. And you walk out. And then the next night, it might have to be 7.30. And eventually, it may be you go phone-free. Um, the phone gets taken. The phone is a privilege. The technology is a privilege, not a right. So the following through of there's a new day here. We're doing things differently. I'm going to follow through. I love you too much not to. Um, that's the hard part. And of course, they're going to fight you on it. And that's how you help your children and yourselves get to such a better place and and you and you really you you turn things around in your family because nobody is meant to live in a high stressed out state it's not healthy for anyone and if you guys are you have to start now you deserve it you deserve to live a much better life than you're living if your life, if your household feels like a war zone and your children do too. And I know you want more for them. And I know you want more for yourself. So remember, you're going to establish the rules, repeat it often, follow through consistently. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to suck. There's going to be a lot of discomfort in it. Anything important that you work for, there's always some level of hard and discomfort. You're just going to say to yourself, I can do hard things. You've got this. And if you have no freaking clue how to do this um, in real life, then you need to get on the wait list for the mastermind. We are enrolling next year. If you were enrolling in 2020, we have a wait list going. We keep our groups relatively small. And, um, and there's a whole reason for that. So if you know that 2020 is going to be your year to be in the mastermind and to finally really turn things around and you need that accountability and support to make this happen, uh, then I want that for you too. So you want to reach out to us and um, email Lindsay on my team. We'll have the link in the show notes, lindsay at randyrubenstein.com. 
that's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, at randyrubenstein.com. Let her know you want to be on the wait list. And uh, we will run one to two groups for parents of teenagers next year. Um, you will be in your own separate group since it's a whole different animal. And, um, and those groups are going to fill up fast. So, uh, so if you know that's you, get on that. If you have a child that's not yet a teenager, but you know it's coming and you need that accountability and support, please email Lindsay and find out if the mastermind's right for you. Okay, guys, have a great week. Hey, guys. If you want to close the gap between the parent that you currently are when your kids are pushing your buttons and the parent that you always intended to be, that calm, cool, and collected parent, no matter what's going on around you, I have my recipe for you. I wrote about it in my book, The Parent Gap, and I'd love to give you the free audio version. All you have to do is text the number 44222, that's 44222, and put the message in Mastermind Parenting, that's all one word, all caps, Mastermind Parenting to 44222, and we will send you over a free copy of my audio book, The Parent Gap ASAP.